again. It's Poetry Says Time. I'm Alice. Hope you're having a beautiful day, a lovely evening, whenever you're listening to this. I want to start out by giving a huge shout out to people who sent me their responses to the poems of Solitary Delights that I read when I did my last solo episode. It was so nice to get these. You know, I do, I tend to record these episodes basically as if I'm just talking to one person. I don't let myself think too hard about the fact that there are actually people out there listening. Um, So it's always a really beautiful surprise when somebody who I've never met just emails me out of the blue and says, hey, I was listening to your podcast and I wrote this thing while I was. Um, So after the last episode... I got a beautiful email from listener Blaze in Sydney who said that he wrote three poems of solitary delights while he was on the bus listening to the episode, which is great. I love that. The best thing about these poems that he sent to me was they don't actually start with the line, what a delight it is. They start with the line, isn't it dope? (laughs) I think that is so cool. What a great idea. Um, Yeah. If this podcast inspires you to write, then I, I I couldn't be happier about that. That is that is just the best thing ever. So yeah, I was so happy to get that. And uh, friend of the podcast, Sean Wright, also wrote a beautiful poem of solitary delight that he posted on Twitter. And I got a lovely message from Eleanor Smagorinsky, another friend of the podcast. Hi, Eleanor. And she sent a, a gorgeous little poem of solitary delight to me as well. So great. So, so great. So in this episode today, I want to talk about something that has been on my mind a lot recently. Uh, it's always on my mind, really. It's kind of always been something that I've struggled with. And I suspect it's something that a lot of people struggle with. It's not a particularly uh, appealing problem to have. It's kind of a, a, I think it's a, it's a function of a lack of appreciation, this particular problem. But nevertheless, it's something that really, really plagues me. And that is this idea of there not being enough time and not being where you think you should be by a certain point in your life. Yeah, this is something that I think when you when you really get a chance to talk to someone about how they're doing in their life and and what they want to do and what they want to achieve, what they want to have done, you kind of land on this topic pretty quickly. It actually doesn't matter how old the person is. Um, I don't think I was talking to someone the other day who is 16 years my junior and uh, she was also saying you know I, I, I feel like I should be further along I feel like everyone around me has achieved all these things and I haven't got there yet and it's already too late I think that's the underlying that's where the panic comes from is this feeling that you haven't got where you need to go and it's it's too late 
it's already too late. You can't, like you've missed the boat. And yeah, it's always amazing. Like you, you can never quite appreciate. So I could easily say, I could have easily said to this person, oh, but you're so young. You know, that whole thing of like, you've got all the time in the world, but that doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't help because you're living in your own little timeline, right? Like, uh, you don't want to necessarily hear that from somebody who's 15 years ahead of you because what do they know? They don't know what what you personally feel like you should have achieved by this time. And obviously all this applies to writing and to poetry, to creative endeavours, hugely. Whether you're an actor or a musician, a poet, whether you want to write a novel, um, make a TV show, I think this feeling of someone younger than me has done it better already. It's so pervasive and it's so crippling, right? Like, yeah, it just, it can really plague people and it definitely has plagued me and, and occasionally it, it comes to bite me. And so there are a few lines from various poems that I have drawn together here that I thought might be useful in thinking about this particular issue. As I was kind of leafing through the books on my bookshelf, I thought, oh, time is kind of an issue in, in most poems, really. Most poems are situated somewhere in time, but there aren't that many that address it as its main subject, possibly because it's so like deeply unsexy. I mean, there's nothing you can do about time. It applies to everyone in the same way. You know, it's not, maybe it's just not very interesting to most people, but I find it deeply interesting and very comforting when you find a poet that writes about it. One that came to mind pretty obviously was uh, old Prufrock, Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, which I would say would be up there with, as one of my favourite poems, and it's the only reason that I don't uh, have it up on my pin board anymore is because I, it's such it's such a poem of anxiety, right? Like, Eliot captures the anxiety of living in the modern world so so keenly in that poem. It's almost like it's it's a little bit uh, counterproductive to have it up and look at it every day. But the line from that poem that comes to me a lot randomly is, uh, of course, there will be time, there will be time. And I kind of say that to myself as a bit of a mantra sometimes, like, if I feel like I've got too much on my plate for a particular day, I'll just kind of repeat, like, there will be time, there will be time. Obviously, it's not used in a particularly comforting way because there's really not that much comforting about these, this poem. Uh, it comes from the stanza that reads, and indeed there will be time for the yellow smoke that slides along the street, rubbing its back along, upon the window panes. There will be time, there will be time to prepare a face to meet the faces that you meet. There will be time to murder and create and time for all the works and days of hands that lift a drop, lift and drop a question on your plate. Time for you and time for me and time yet for a hundred indecisions and for a hundred visions and revisions before the taking of toast and tea. Yeah, it sounds like a normal day. hundred, a hundred indecisions. Yep. I really wanted to find an Australian example 
to include in this episode. And I've been looking really hard at Five Bells by Kenneth Slessor because I really want to do an episode just about Five Bells, but I don't think I'm quite ready. I think I need to talk about it with someone, but I, I love that poem so much. And uh, the first couple of lines are directly about time. Time that is moved by little fidget wheels is not my time, the flood that does not flow. But again, it's not the most comforting representation of time in poetry for my purposes at the moment because he's talking, I think, in that section at the start of the poem from the perspective of a dead man. Time that is moved by little fidget wheels is not my time because I exist outside time. But the sense of time in that poem is fascinating in the way that it kind of shifts and stretches and jumps between various points. Yeah, it's got a very kind of stretchy sense of time throughout it. And I think that's one of the reasons I like it so much. But yes, more about Five Bells in the future at some point. The most comforting lines about time that I could, that I came across actually doesn't come from a poem. It's um, an interview between Morgan Parker uh, and Rachel Zucker on Commonplace, I think, if I'm remembering rightly. And in that interview, Morgan talks about time being quote unquote white nonsense, which I really liked. I thought that was great. It's like, ah, yes, we just made this up. We just made up a problem for ourselves. I thought that was fantastic. And yeah, sometimes when I'm feeling really overwhelmed about like, oh God, you know, I'm already this age and what have I done and what am I going to do? And um, I just try and remind myself it's all just white nonsense. I think that's great. But the best line that I could find about time comes from a poem called In Italy by Derek Walcott. And again, I came across this through a podcast with the New Yorker Poetry Podcast, which is a really good listen. It's just like little 15 minute chunks, interviews uh, with poets about poems that have been published in the magazine. And In Italy has these few lines. He says, I have come this late to Italy but better now, perhaps, than in youth that is never satisfied, whose joys are treacherous. While my hair rhymes with those far crests and the bells of the hilltop towers number my errors, because we are never where we are but somewhere else, even in Italy. So great. I love that so much. Especially better now, perhaps, than in youth that is never satisfied. So... That really helps, I think, is just to be reminded that, yeah, you might be doing stuff later than other people, but maybe you've got a little bit more capacity for understanding what it is you're actually doing and uh, appreciating it. And there's one more poem that I keep coming back to. I have no idea how I came across this poem. It is such a fantastic poem about regrets, specifically the regret of wasted time. Uh, it's called Anti-Lamentation by Dorian Locks, and I'll just read you a little bit of it. It starts out, Regret nothing, not the cruel novels you read to the end just to find out who killed the cook, not the insipid movies that made you cry in the dark in spite of your intelligence, your sophistication, not the lover you left quivering in a hotel parking lot, 
the one you beat to the punch sign, the door, or the one who left you in your red dress and shoes. And it's this fantastic kind of uh, run-on list poem and she just goes through listing all the things that you you don't need to regret um, because you were meant to do all these things because they all brought you to this particular moment. And maybe it look maybe it's a simplistic kind of Disney-esque idea, but I think sometimes you do need to hear that. Sometimes you need somebody to say to you, like, look, this is exactly where you're meant to be right now. So that's my little poetry toolbox for feeling panicky about time and achievement and where you are versus where everyone else is. I hope that a few of those things help in those moments. If you've got other examples, send them through. I want to read them, please.